Welcome back, peeps, to Perfect.dev, where we give you cats the freshest dose of dev snacks. Now with your amazing hosts, Alex Patterson and Brittany Postma. This episode is sponsored by Builder.io. Visually build on your tech stack. I always hey, want to come hey. in before the Builder.io spot and be like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's funny. Um, it's going to be an interesting day. Brandon is here from AppRite, and yes. I honestly need your feedback. Is is me saying that we're awesome hosts too much? Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't have any evidence to say otherwise. So. I mean, there's a hesitation there. I just want to make sure. <laughs> you know, you have to. You have to think about it for a second. You don't want to step on people's toes. You know, right? When you, I'm on your stream, so you know, I want to be cordial. <laughs> nice. Awesome. So yeah, we have Brandon Roberts here. He is going to talk uh, to us all about open sourcing your database with AppRite. Yep, yep. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Anytime. Um, do you want to give us, like the, the peeps, a little background on yourself and how you got involved with AppRite? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll, give the, I'll give my speech pitch and then we can, we can kind of roll from there. But yeah, Brandon, Brandon Roberts, I... Have been, I guess most people probably know me from the Angular community. I've been in the uh, Angular ecosystem for a while. Uh, I had to throw out there Brandon T. Roberts on Twitter. You can follow me there. Um, I tweet, I talk about sports, I talk about a bunch of stuff there. I, I block people sometimes because it's fun. <laughs> Is that why I haven't seen anything from you in a while? Hey, I, I'm sorry we had to find out this way, but that's just kind of how it must I roll be a Suns fan. I don't know. <laughs> we already had a little conversation that he's made some comments about my favorite football team. So. Yes, the team that will that will not be named. No, but <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting because I I am in uh, Alabama. I will name them, uh, but oh. I'm not. I am not in Alabama. Uh, I'm not in Alabama. As fan, long as you're so. not that other team. No, no, not them, not them either. So, okay, so yeah, good. I'm, 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 on, good. I'm on the, completely on the outside of the fence. Um, oh, we've, we've just lost half our crowd. Right <laughs> but yes, uh, like I said, in Alabama, working at AppRite, developer advocate AppRite. Um, and I maintain some open source projects. Uh, mainly one is uh, NGRX, which is a set of uh, libraries for building reactive Angular applications. So, uh, I like open source and that's mostly where I uh, live in these days. So, yeah. Yeah. That's where I first uh, knew you from was NGRX. It's an amazing um, set of tools, if that's the right way to say it, but it's an amazing product to use within the Angular ecosystem. So Zach DeRose that we had on that was talking something about Ah, in that space. Yep, Zach DeRose, he works at uh, Narwhal. I used to be, used to be at Narwhal, but uh, now I'm at right. But yeah, Zach DeRose is a fellow, uh, I don't know, state management enthusiast, yeah. I would call it. <laughs> exactly. But uh, Zach is great. And so, yeah, I'm sure he, I'm sure you had a fun time. I have to go back and watch that one, to, that episode to see. It's uh, a pretty fun one. I, I think we have some nicknames for him on that one with the RX talk. So. I got excited when he said Narwhal because I have the swag of like the old Narwhal squeaky toy, but I don't mm-hmm. have it behind me right now, so... Yeah, I still I still have my uh, yeah. squeaky squeaky narwhals. The 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 kids love to squeeze those, and then I have to yes. quickly steal them away them. <laughs> because they're loud. Uh, they're Which very is why loud it's not squeaky. on my desk anymore. Yep, that's it. Don't let the uh, dogs get that one, right? <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, jumping jumping completely switching gears back towards the app right 
side of things. Um, you guys have just gone through Series A and then just re more recently gone through Series B. Um, you've got some money now. Like AppRite is yeah. starting to move. And one thing I want to talk about with that um, is this new OSS fund you guys just announced. Can you mm -hmm. break down for the audience kind of what you're trying to accomplish with the OSS fund? Yeah, um, yeah. I'll talk. I'll talk about the the Series A real quick, and then we sure, can get yeah. to the good parts about the the OSS fund. But yeah, the, the Series A is just uh, an investment to keep doing what um, what the vision for AppRite is, and a lot of that is tied to open source, uh, and help, of course, help build out AppRite, build out the community, and uh, make it you know a, a good thing. Which we'll get into what kind of what AppRite is more in general. But yeah, the Series A uh, definitely helps out a lot with that. Money is always good, especially in open source. Uh, and then that kind of leads into the OSS fund. Um, our founder and CEO, uh, Elda, he he started in open source. He's he has built up uh, AppRite and you know got it off the ground to to get it to where kind of where it is today. And he did that through building it in open source. And you know he got to a point where he wanted to. He's always valued open source, and I think that's something that's very valuable to the or very um, valuable to the company. And he wanted to always wanted to be able to be in a position to give back to open source because he got to a point with AppRite where he was building with it, you know, trying to make it uh, something that more people could use. And he wanted to that to be his job to be you know be able to work on something open source. Uh, but of course, he needed funding money to do that, so. He went down the path of trying to get um, funding for AppRite and, of course, was successful in doing that. So and wanted to kind of pay that forward back to the other, you know, OSS maintainers uh, that are doing that same thing also, which a lot of them uh, are doing that in their uh, free time, uh, free time and spare time. So I wanted to continue that forward and support them in that way. So, yeah, that's a lot of what the OSS fund is. We made a big announcement about it uh, yesterday, kind of tied into the. Uh, May the 4th and so that was fun uh, but yeah it's, it's uh, I, yeah I definitely recommend people to check that if you are an open source maintainer definitely uh, check that out and apply and uh, we have some we have some money to give out it's uh, 50,000 uh, to give out initially to a bunch of open source developers so I, I forgot my cues here so ah, there you go. I, was, I really love that <laughs> It's a very thankless job maintaining open source. So I really love when companies are contributing back and helping them. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so definitely check out the, the blog post. And uh, like I said, open source maintainers is free for anyone to apply. And um, yeah, we're starting out with that. And hopefully we can uh, do big things with that and kind of grow, even grow it further uh, in the future. That's super exciting. Um, big question, uh, app, right? It's kind of compared to Firebase. I think mm -hmm. if you're probably floating around the front end side of things, can you break down maybe what that means or what app, right means to a front end developer? Mm -hmm. Yes. So the, 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 the tagline, if you haven't uh, seen app, right before, maybe this, yeah, a couple of times is, uh, it's open source backend server that provides core APIs for building applications. So um, what that means for front-end developers is that a lot of those things that you would normally have to do uh, if you're on the front-end side that you may or may not care about too much, 
uh, it kind of take care, it takes care of some of those things, a lot of those things, actually. So a lot of those things you want from building out applications like authentication, uh, being able to use a database, uh, maybe store some files, manage users, uh, those sort of things that to build a pretty much build up any type of application, whether it be a web app or a mobile app. Um, like I said, in this case, it'd be a front end app, but it kind of packages up those packages up those common things that you would need and uh, kind of layers, packages them up in a secure way so that you can access them. Um, and it kind of wraps that all up in uh, services using Docker. So it's all, it's Docker, can, Docker uh, images underneath Docker services that are all kind of wrapped up into AppWrite itself. So uh, like from the front end side, it's something that you can connect to, to like manage a lot of those things that you can get, so you can get started up quickly. That's a, so, a big, big sale of it. Does AppWrite host that Docker container for you? Or do you as a front-end developer need to worry about hosting that? <laughs> yeah, that that is uh, that is part of it. The Today, it does have, it's all self-hosted. So it's all, uh, all open source, all self-hosted. You can take it and run it on your own uh, infrastructure. And you do have to do that today. Uh, where if you have Docker on your machine or you have somewhere where that can run Docker, uh, then you can deploy it there and that can be your, your hosted space. But, but yes, at least for now, you do have uh, the ability to uh, run it on your own hardware. And actually you got the nice little segue in there for the AppWrite cloud. Uh, so, but we do have something coming uh, that anybody can, you know, sign up. You can still get all the benefits of AppWrite. Uh, whether you want to move from the self-hosted version and we have a cloud version coming out soon that has everything that the open source version does. It's just hosted and so that you don't have to worry about like maintaining servers or maintain that sort of infrastructure. So if you really don't, uh, <laughs> if you really don't care about uh, doing that part of it, that you can sign up for the cloud, uh, AppRight Cloud coming soon and then it'll take care of that part for you too. Very nice. Yeah, so... Yeah, so like I said, if front end app, if you're regardless of what your stack is, I know I see the see the Svelte hat there in the background. If you're using uh, Svelte, you can. Uh, I'm a little overkill today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have my my uh, Angular or uh, T-shirt, and I got the the AppRight hoodie on, of course. But I went I went uh, Cinco de Mile fun. Okay, <laughs> there you go. Uh, I don't have a, yeah, I don't, I'm, I forgot my margarita jacket or something. <laughs> that, been, that probably would have been a fun, a fun little twist. But worn my five o'clock somewhere shirt. That would have been a good one today. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, like I said, web, front end, mobile. Uh, we have uh, SDKs that kind of inter, inter, integrate with any, pretty much any ecosystem that you normally build with. Like I mentioned, Svelte, we have a web SDK for that if it's React. Angular, you can use that across the board there. Thank you for being on the Svelte train. <laughs> I, I had to... I, yeah, I got to get more involved with Svelte. I have gotten more exposure to Svelte uh, at AppRight because I know we have some people uh, on our team that like Svelte a lot. So we're definitely uh, digging more into that too. Awesome. I did want to bring up, um, because I think it for front-end developers, um, it, it can be somewhat scary like dealing with these things because they're used to something like Firebase or mm -hmm. AWS that's hosted. Um, I wanted to show that AppRite does currently have on DigitalOcean a one-click install 
and it's super easy to set up. Do you want to just talk about how that kind of works a little bit? Yeah, sure. Uh, and yeah, and this is, um, as you mentioned, the we have a couple of ways, like I said there, you can do the self-hosted version if you wanted to do that. One of those ways is on DigitalOcean, and this is maintained by the AppRight team. Uh, so you don't have to worry about, you know, that not that going away for some reason. But uh, yeah, so if you go to the DigitalOcean marketplace, uh, you can click on the create uh, AppRight uh, droplet there, that button there. Yep. And if you have, you know, DigitalOcean set up, it'll go through and uh, you can actually just click, a f make a few selections there and actually deploy AppRight directly from DigitalOcean. And it'll be a production You'll have to use the, yeah, if you go to the first one there and the $10 option there, I believe it's one CPU and two gigs of RAM there. Uh, if you choose that one, then that gives you uh, the option to, that's where you can, that's all the minimum requirements you need to get it deployed. And from there, you can choose your, the rest of you, choose your data center where you want it to live uh, and there. And then also your SSH keys, if you want to add those. And uh, once you have all that selected, uh, you don't have to choose any backup options or anything like that up front. And oh, if you cool. if you scroll down, yep, you'll have the name there for the droplet, and then you can click the create droplet down, button down there at the bottom, and that'll give you uh, an instance of AppRight just ready to go. You know, it takes a maybe it takes a couple of minutes to get started up there, but uh, but it gives you all that like so everything that AppRight has out of the box already configured for you. So when we talk about like Docker, for those who don't know, um, you can, and maybe you'll show this in the demo too, but with Docker desktop, it kind of um, shows all the different services under the hood. My, mm -hmm. my initial question on it is how scalable does that become? Like when you're running, um, so like on a droplet, you constrain hardware wise mm -hmm. a little bit on what you pick. Whereas if you went with like Firebase or something else that's hosted, they scale really well. Can you talk a minute, like, how does that work with that, Brett? Yeah, so the, like I said, the Docker services, uh, AppRite itself is, you could think of it as like the collection of the services that go along uh, with Docker, but each one of those is like an individual microservice. So it's kind of like a combination of those two things to where if you wanted to separate the database part of it and have that uh, somewhere have that hosted somewhere else where you can that that scales up automatically you can kind of separate the different uh pieces the underlying pieces of AppRite themselves or like let's say microservices so uh, it's it's easier for you to take those separate pieces and kind of scale them up like i said you still ha you're still having to manage that part of it uh, but there are things that you can do uh to set that up with like docker uh, swarm and uh, those kind of Docker Swarm is the I think the biggest thing out there, or one that we recommend out there uh, in our tutorial uh, for that. But, but yeah, like I said, each one of them is separate, and so you're not you you are constrained by like you have that that kind of configuration that you have to manage there, but you're not constrained in that that's all you can do because they all have to depend on each other. It's like a single unit. Yeah. Very cool. Um, yeah. So I'm going to give you a minute to share your screen and whatnot, and we're going to go to a commercial break. All right. Today's podcast is brought to you by Builder.io, visually building the web. Builder.io has one of the most powerful visual editors in the industry. Unlike other tools, Builder actually produces the code for you. You don't have to completely switch out your framework either. Just use one of the handy SDKs that are available. There's no limits to what you can build. 
Instead of limiting your marketing team, start to optimize and let them do the work. This will allow your web developers to get back to the hard work that it takes for other components, allowing your team to do A-B testing and personalization. Stop worrying about bugs in production. Just use the site as it is, then you can analyze and start converting all of your customers with Builder's built-in heat maps. Stop limiting your growth with developers' long lead times. Start building, optimizing, analyzing, and start growing faster. Don't take my word for it. You can sign up for free today and start building the web visually with Builder.io. Welcome, welcome back, everyone. Um, so Brandon's going to give us a little demo of AppRite and... For those of you out there, if you want to play along, I, I have a feeling you'll be able to. <laughs> yes. Uh, so what we have here is, I'll bring up the, the app here. We have a nice uh, uh, demo here that I will drop, or I will send a link over. So you can drop that in the chat there. But we can kind of take a walk through, um, kind of like this, the general setup. If you were starting from scratch, uh, I and you just- Ah, Netlify, yes. If you were starting from scratch, you would uh, click the Get Started button, and that would bring you to the, uh, give you the command to uh, run and install uh, AppRite. Like I say, if you have Docker set up on your machine already, uh, you can do that. Uh, but that, and that would get you up and running on your local instance or server. Um, so to go past that part, I've already set up, I uh, have an instance running here already of uh, AppRite running. And that goes along with the, the demo app that I shared there. Um, but in general, this would be the console or the place where you could have projects uh, to use with AppRite. If I wanted to create a new project, I could do that by going here and creating project and uh, doing that. But like I said, we have the, the coding cat chat appropriately named here for the, for the demo here. Uh, but this gives you, this is just a dashboard of where you can set up uh, the project itself. And if we go through here, we have different platforms. As I mentioned, we have different SDKs about what AppRite supports, uh, whether it be a web app, Flutter app, or Apple, or uh, Android app, you can add different platforms for that. Uh, you can see I have the the uh, platform here for the, the demo app. And what that does is, I know if, you, if you've done web development before, you've probably been bitten by cores once or once or twice. But uh, never, it, <laughs> never. Okay, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I believe you on that one. But yes, cores is a thing, and I, I don't like it. But uh, no one does. Apparently, the security people do. But yes, security people love cores. Uh, but yes, if you want to add a new web app here, uh, you can add one in here. I'll add one for local hosts, and that's just if you're doing development on local hosts. But this will, once you add this, it'll allow your uh, application to connect to uh, AppRite without those pes pesky cores errors. Uh, so next, like I said, one of the things is the database uh, under uh, AppRite. So a database, uh, our, our database is has the notion of collections. And if you want to add a collection, you can think of a collection as similar to a table. So if I wanted to add a collection, uh, we can call this to-dos, of course, and create that. So you create a collection, and this is just a place where you can store uh, items there for whatever however you want to structure this. So each uh, collection has an ID that you use to connect to it in your app. 
And you also have permissions here that you can set up for the for the collection itself. Uh, and this is kind of where the the security part or secure, as we mentioned before, cores is one part of it. Uh, but you also have different levels of permission that you can provide to uh, a collection, uh, whether that be at the, for a specific user uh, or you can add, have authentication available or have access available for anyone. If I wanted to say role member, uh, that says that any authenticated user can access this data or role uh, member here or any authenticated you can can write to this data. So you have that option there at the collection level itself or even at the document level, you can have that specific to uh, each document. Uh, so for a database, each database has uh, what we call attributes. And an attribute is like a, um, a column in a table. So if I wanted to create one here for content and say that it's required, uh, we can create that. And this, so you have this these... maybe a, a good or a bad time to ask, but when you say like like a table, mm -hmm. do you want to talk a second about like the database that sits underneath? Yeah, sure. Uh, so AppWrite uh, underneath uses MariaDB as its underlying database solution. And as we mentioned before about AppWrite being flexible in that way, we have support for uh, MongoDB and uh, PostgreSQL coming soon also. So those are like actively in the works and you can actually see the progress on those on our uh, on our GitHub repos, uh, so that you have the op the option to choose if you know if you're more comfortable with those, or you know you're used to those underlying databases, and you can kind of use those as your your one of choice also. And I'm like something like Firebase um, Firestore, which is like document based uh, database. Mm -hmm. Maria is actually uh, a relational relational <laughs> database, yeah. correct? Yes, that's correct. Yes. Uh, cool. Yeah, relational database, and then we provide kind of this layer on top of that for like easy management, so you don't have to create your own tables and things like that underneath. Uh, but you also you have access, like I said, we talked. The, of course, the title of the show was open source in your database, but you ha have access to all those those underlying pieces there too. So, uh, so you could run plus. all the SQL commands that you want, basically. I yeah, was just going to ask. Yeah, if you wanted to dig in underneath the hood and. Uh, see where all the connections are and everything there. Uh, that definitely is available there. Yep, MariaDB, open source, uh, MySQL. So. MySQL, yep. Uh, so I yes. feel like everybody's built on like a different like Postgres or I, I don't know enough about databases to understand the differences, but yeah, it, I was mm -hmm. going to ask which one. See, I think as a front end developer, all you need to know is, is it relational or isn't it? And that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yep, that's that's definitely the if we were to simplify it, it's definitely a good way to put it. I think people can outside of uh, that. See, now I'm about to make idea. dad jokes. People can relate to that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see. You see what I did there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, like I mentioned for the demo here, uh, I've created um, a collection called Chat Messages, and I have the. Uh, three attributes here for string, one for room, one for message, and one for the name. And those are just different ones that you can add. You can have string at different string or number attributes or even URLs or emails, just depending on what type of data that you wanna store uh, in AppWrite itself. Uh, and so if we look at indexes, I've also created a room index here uh, for uh, this is for performance reasons, so that if you want to query data for a, by a specific key, 
then you can add an index uh, for that and choose one of the different attributes to key off of. Hey, Brandon, could you do like just uh, one zoom in just a little bit? Yeah, sure. Oh, perfect. I think that would be a lot better. Okay, cool. Thanks. Uh, so, yeah, so that's the the main uh, side of the database. Of course, there are settings you can manage there. You can view activity uh, for practically anything that you do for the uh, the collection. And this goes for the other areas also. Uh, we mentioned storage, and I'll come back to chat messages in a minute. Uh, but we mentioned storage uh, that you can, where you can manage files if you wanted to create a bucket of files where you just wanted to store uh, store those here. We have support for just like using the local Docker container, or even if you wanted to connect to S3 or uh, even DigitalOcean Spaces. Uh, we talked about that one earlier uh, there for that. Uh, so there's also users. Uh, where I see we already have some people <laughs> logging into the chat uh, demo app here. Uh, so you have users and you can have teams, which are just a collection of users. So it gives you that kind of flexibility of management there for uh, managing that data for, like I said, users and teams and even settings for those particular things. Uh, so just looking at the settings here, uh, if I go under users, and this is one thing, an additional thing that uh, AppRite provides is a lot of different, we talked about authentication, which providing a lot of different ways to authenticate uh, with AppRite. So we have uh, anonymous authentication, or if you want to use email and password, or even using an OAuth2 provider. Let's say we wanted wow. to connect to uh, app, connect your application to any number of these ones like Slack or um, Discord, Discord, <laughs> Twitch, uh, you name it. Uh, most of the ones are probably already here. And we also have a couple of new ones coming up in the uh, next release, uh, namely um, uh, Auth0 and uh, Okta is actually gonna be supported uh, in an upcoming release, so. Uh, wow. And you can uh, hook those into here and use those as your authentication providers if you don't want to use uh, AppRite's built-in mechanisms there. That's really uh, cool. So How easy is it with those to connect like environment variables and things to connect the services together? Yeah, so each one of the, if I go back to here under settings, uh, we have the configuration is provided uh, so that you can enter that particular thing, like your app ID, those environment variables here are, will be uh, securely kept inside of here. So once you enter those, it'll take care of that handoff uh, for you as far as entering that information here. That is a really nice like interface for that. Yeah. I like and it. Then, and then we provide, also provide that, like that callback that you need for the OAuth 2 that you have to enter on Twitch or or wherever uh, to do that there. Uh, we also have functions. So cloud functions and uh, app functions and app writer, you can use those as cloud functions. Uh, we support a number of different runtimes. Let's say you wanted to, and these are kind of triggered on app write events. So if you wanted to uh, say every time somebody enters an item in the database, then I want to do something with that particular I uh, want to do something else with that. Let's say you have like registration and every time I add a new user, I want to go send them an email. You can use a cloud function for that. And you can write these uh, applications in many different languages. Here I just have one written in Node.js and I've deployed it here. And you can uh, actually run those uh, functions from from the console itself. 
So if I just click execute now, and the good thing part about part about it is that you can run all of these uh, thing, anything that you can do on the app right with the app right SDKs, you can do in the console also. Uh, so this yes. one's just a, a a quick one that says a function that says our developers awesome, and of course we say true for that. Uh, but like I said, that one's written in Node.js, and I can show that here where the function. Uh, is received where it brings in or the function that would be uh, called on a particular event that you want to listen to. So uh, you that, said in the console, is there like a CLI for it too? Yes, there is. Yeah, AppRite also comes with a CLI that you can install to give you uh, all the same things that you could do in here through the command line. So you can log into your, your AppRite instance. You can create functions. You can deploy your, you can update your uh, database uh, structure or schema, if you will, from from here. So that yep, the AppRite CLI is, gives you that direct connection there. Like if you want to automate some of these things uh, there also. So when I think like cloud functions, I'm thinking of like Lambdas and other hosted services like that. Mm -hmm. What does a cloud function actually mean within a Docker service? Well, in in the function in, in AppRite, we just we're using, we're basically spinning up um, Docker, a Docker uh, container. Um, we're spinning it up dynamically. So if you run a cloud function, we're actually spinning up a service and running your cloud function inside of there. Uh, so that you still, you can still just, it still works the same way it's deployed and it's, you can use cloud functions to kind of extend the, the functionality of AppRite itself for things that aren't built in. But uh, but yeah, what we're doing underneath is spinning up Docker. We're like I said, taking advantage of that and uh, hooking into Docker containers and running those as runtimes in there. Uh, so it, like I said, it depends on, and we also manage the kind of like the dependencies for those functions also. So the Docker container will install any necessary dependencies and uh, run those functions uh, based on the events that you that you choose there. Cool. Yeah, that's that's very interesting how like that whole resource comes in mind because like dealing with AWS lambdas and things like that, you can do so many more things behind the scenes. Like when it triggers, mm -hmm. you actually like trigger off functions and, and things like that. Um, I'll, I'll be really curious to dig into that. I've only like set up AppRite and kind of like mm -hmm. accessed it. Going to that next step is going to be interesting. Yeah, it seems like that's where that is a lot where people kind of extend it. Uh, to, like I said, do a lot more things than maybe what AppRite provides out of the box. Uh, and like I said, I'm, I've been like hacking around with it some to do some for our, we've had a hackathon here recently on with Dev2 Dev and I've been trying to see if I could use it as, uh, use it for my like stream overlay to hook into chat messages and things. So that's cool. Uh, pushing up a cloud function and let it listen to the chat messages and kind of feed those into AppRite uh, seemed like a fun idea. So that's kind of what I've been using it for. I feel like the developer experience of it has been thought out pretty well because you've mm -hmm. thought about like, even though you have to self-host, you've thought about having that digital ocean droplet provided and ways that you can help developers like enhance the mm -hmm. tool. Like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely one of the, the main like tenants of AppRite is trying to make these things um, available and, and simple in a way so that you don't have to, spend a whole lot of time worrying about building out APIs, which of course, if you want to hand roll those things, you can, but 
uh, it's meant to that you can add into your existing uh, structure if you want to without without much uh, friction of course if that's that's what that's what the aim is um, so yeah just going keep going through if we we also have like I said there are web hooks and if you want to uh, connect to app right through uh, another server you can create your own API keys and add those also uh, and that would you can provide an API key with permissions of what it uh, should have access to should or shouldn't have access to and and use that there also uh, so for the the app the I set up the project and I set up the messages here and I have the app right chat here application that I've set up and I'll choose uh, coding cat and we'll click start chatting and if we go back to the database I had chat messages in here I don't have any documents in here yet and it, one thing I'll mention here is AppRite also has a real-time API so that uh, let's say uh, you can you connect to the chat and I connect to the chat and we start dropping messages in here what is the room yeah I'm trying the room doesn't uh, populate so I'm trying to get in the right room oh yeah it is, is. I put uh, coding coding cat <laughs> I put that I dropped that in there also uh, coding cat is the uh, the nice. message here so we got the got the real time aspect going on here. So it knows we and even if I reload uh, this page, uh, we have the messages uh, that we want to the messages that we posted for the uh, chat here. And then we can go into the database and uh, see those messages uh, in here. Uh, there we had coding. Yeah, see, we got two different coding cat ones in here. And this is <laughs> you broke the demo already. Now let's get. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we have coding cat. Uh, the room is just what I use to add the messages there. But like I said, as we see, we had the, the, the real time aspect of it to where we can, uh, have the authentication there. And I'm just using authentic, uh, I'm just using the, uh, anonymous authentication here. But like I said, if you wanted to connect this to, uh, Twitch or any of the other OAuth providers, uh, you could do that. And I can walk through, kind of walk through some of the code for the app also, uh, because we, like I said, we want things to be set up for simplicity. So uh, we have AppRite SDKs for using it on the web, and you can use that to create a new AppRite instance and say, you, this is the endpoint to my, uh, probably need to make that a little bigger. Uh, that's probably better there. Uh, so you can say you want to connect to this endpoint and the project name that you want to give it there. And then you can use it uh, in your app, use that API in your application itself. Uh, I'm using it here to create an anonymous session. And we, of course we got nice TypeScript integration there. So for the people who love TypeScript, you can use it there. Even if you don't have TypeScript, you'll still be able to take advantage of, take advantage of it in that way. So I can create an anonymous session here through the account uh, API and AppRite. So that lets me log in and then for the chat, uh, I can show the part where we're kind of we're querying the documents. Uh, so we have APIs to list documents from the database here, uh, and we're using this query syntax to where I can query by room or if you wanted to set up uh, those other things where I talked about indexes before. Uh, those are available there also, and this is a React uh, application. So React, uh, pick your pick your web framework of choice, and you can use that. Like I said, I. I'll, I use Angular a lot, and uh, I'm still learning some other ones. I'll have a, I'll have a, we'll have a Svelte uh, 
example here soon, I imagine. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the real time uh, part of it is also here where you can subscribe to different events from AppRight. And this could be any event. This could be uh, collections, collections, database updates, and um, a lot of whatever event that AppRight has, you can basically listen to those in real time. In this case, I'm just using it to say whenever there's a new document in the uh, chat uh, collection, then I want to add that to my in real time to my uh, chat screen. And you, like I said, you can also uh, create documents using our API here where I'm just saying this is the collection and I'm using kind of a special syntax here to in uh, this is something that I've seen people talk about in uh, like comparison to like Firebase also to where you have more control over the unique ID that you generate for an individual record. So this would be the document ID. And then this object here is the collection of or the object of data that we want to enter. And these just match up with the properties that I uh, added to the added to the collection, the name, room, and message there. I have to say, I really like that, um, how you do that in this Firebase. You have to like actually create uh, entry and then it creates mm -hmm. the ID and then you have to update everything. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you have, yeah, you have flexibility. If I wanted to make this, you know, a custom message based on a timestamp or something, I could do that too. But this is just like I said, a unique one that we, a we call it a, a preserved keyword that you can use to, for, for that. Is there any um, data like in, in most or a lot of SQL databases you can set up where it actually tracks like the create entries and things like that? Is that? Uh, yes, those are are in the uh, console here uh, where it tracks all the uh, entries uh, here for the, the database itself. Uh, so you, you definitely get the, get that activity there tracked over time as far as records being updated. Love that. That's what you mean. That's a great feature. Yep. That's, and, uh, and then we have the dashboard, of course, that shows you activity about messages over time and uh, messages over time for the, the particular database or users or uh, collections or functions or a database and other parts of it. So you, uh, even though we're not, even though you, you can see how much usage you have at any given time, like how much load is, is your AppRite instance under, especially if you're like hooking into the real-time connections and everything like that. So that's cool. You specifically talked about when you were saying with uh, hosting that you use it on DigitalOcean and you needed that $10 droplet. Mm -hmm. um, what is it with that? And is there any way to try AppRite for free right now? Why uh, would you need that bigger droplet? I guess is the question I was asking. Oh, okay. The, the, you need the bigger droplet just for the system requirements for AppRite itself because it's running those services. Um, so that's just why you need the, the droplet with one uh, gigabyte or one CPU and two uh, gigabytes of RAM. So that's just like minimum, minimum that you need. Uh, I know there have been some people have tried running it on, there have been other versions of AppRite where it's like extremely stripped down and I think you can run on like Heroku or uh, other places where uh, maybe you have like free credits or something like that. Uh, so, mm -hmm. and I, we had looked at trying to, or I guess are in looking at uh, maybe even deploying to something like AWS or something like that to where you could host it there or wherever your like platform of choice. Um, I think render.com is another place we were looking at because they give you a generous 
uh, free tier that you could deploy to. So we're look, definitely looking for at other integrations to where you could even, like I said, if somebody gives you enough uh, free credits or like Azure or something like that, you could deploy it there and not have to pay anything. And you still get all that functionality there. Is there uh, anything else on the, I, I was kind of curious about storage, if, if we mm -hmm. want to jump in that side too. I know you probably uh, don't have like storage stuff for the demo, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, so storage, uh, storage works similar to a collection. If I wanted to go in and create a bucket is what we call it, and a bucket for files. And this gives you um, a place where you can add files or store them in any place and, and add and access them through the AppRite SDK. And one thing I will mention here is that even if you don't uh, use the SDKs, the the REST APIs that AppRite provides are there underneath uh, the SDK so that you, if you wanted to tap into those directly and all that's uh, kind of laid out in our documentation also um, to make those API calls to access these th everything there. So if you wanted to build something on top of that, uh, there's that too. So. Uh, under files, you can you have control over you know if this is enabled. You know what's the largest file size you can uh, build here, whether its files are encrypted or not, and kind of restrict the extensions there. And then if we go into like the bucket level, it's similar to collection where we had the uh, collection level and the document level. So we have bucket level and file level permissions for uh, the particular files there. So at role member here. And of course, you can always configure these to however you uh, need them. Uh, so I'll click update there. And I'll click add file. Let's see if I can choose a file here. App right MA. I know I had one for I'll choose the I'll choose the cat here because that's a, a nice fun one. Um, I have no idea so why can, you would pick that. <laughs> you can upload, upload files and we get your preview there. And like I said, you have access to all those particular things that file ID, which can be unique or auto generated uh, if you want, if you were using it through the web and have those permissions that you can uh, set up for that particular uh, file there. Uh, so that's at a, at a high level, you can, like I said, have different storage buckets of how you want to organize your files and then access those through, you know, everything else in app, right? Whether it be a, a function or, um, you want to kind of tie this into a database where you have, uh, you know, files tied to particular uh, items, maybe for um, blog posts or something like that. You could, as a lightweight, <laughs> you could use it as a lightweight CMS in that way. Uh, so yeah, definitely. I didn't definitely expect to be back on camera. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I have to go find some files to put in here. You know? <laughs> so uh, I'm kind of curious, is that, like a blob storage that goes directly to the file system when you're not using something like Google Cloud Storage? Yes, the the storage out of the box is just the, the volume inside the uh, the local uh, system on in the Docker container. So it has a volume there that, that it stores those files. But like I said, you can connect it, uh, configure it to use S3 or um, S3 digital ocean spaces, or even I think we have some new storage options there coming, uh, also that you, that are besides the ones that we provide out of the box. So in the under, just to add on that, the underlying pieces is that you can have an adapter that, um, 
that does, that handles that like communication for you if you wanted to like configure your own. Um, and the same thing like kind of with the OAuth providers, although most of those have been contributed through uh, open source contributions. So uh, you have some flexibility there if you wanted to like use a different type of service there. That's really cool. Um, so I'm going to put you on the hot seat because <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. There's this other thing called Superbase floating around out there. Can you tell me or like do some comparison between Superbase and AppRite? And what was the other one? I can never remember. Graph yeah, there's a, there's a few ones out there. Superbase, because the, the most common one is Firebase. Um, I think InHost is another one out there, kind of like these backend as a service solutions. Uh, the I, won't... I feel like the, like truly non like hosted Google ones. So like like Superbase, I guess. Yeah, so there's there are some similarities between Superbase and AppRite. Uh, I would say both of them are open source. Uh, I believe Superbase uh, Superbase is built on top of Postgres. Uh, AppRite is built on top of MariaDB. Uh, so there's those comparisons there. The uh, Super or AppRite is self hosted out of the box where uh, Superbase is, they kind of um, lean you more towards the cloud product first and then self-hosted is an option there. So there are a lot of similarities there, but uh, yeah, I think for a lot of similarities as far as what you get out of the box there, but uh, as far as like cloud functions and things like that, but yeah, AppRite on on our side, we're like just focused on simplicity and uh, focused on like simplicity, security, those things that uh, are of course, valuable to any developer that wants to kind of not delegate some of those responsibilities to when they're building out things. But uh, as far as compared to Superbase, so uh, so yeah, they're they're similar in some ways. But yeah, we I think we have just maybe slightly different approaches on how the services are built out and uh, how we pro like provide that value to you developers. So that's nice. well said. How you put that? Cool. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't too much of a hot seat. You probably got that question for. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, is there any other outstanding questions, Brittany, Brandon, that you guys are thinking of about uh, AppRite that I haven't asked? No, I'd be interested in, of course, the people who are watching uh, live and maybe people who are watching this after. We're always looking for uh, feedback. So uh, if anybody thinks of anything, you know, of course, afterwards, feel free to feel free to uh ping me on Twitter or wherever you find me in discord and um, to see what, what's good and what you, what could be better. So definitely looking for that. That's a great call out. Um, I'm sharing your screen now. Mine. There we go. Um, on AppRite's homepage, if you go to community, you can jump right into the, um, I thought discord was on there. Am I wrong? Yeah, that's probably down at the bottom of the join discord. There we go. There you go. So you can There's jump a in there. Discord icon down under the on the footer. Oh yeah. Um, so you can jump in there. I find it amazingly active, you mm -hmm. know, for such a product that hasn't been around a long time. And a great community, great group of people out there. So definitely check it out. Yeah, please do join the Discord. Uh, we'd love to see you there. You'll 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 see many people from the the AppRite team hanging in that hanging out in there regularly. So come join in. I just have to point this out. I just saw Barack Obama. <laughs> oh, yes. 
That's uh, Bradley, one of the members on the team also. Oh, it always trips me up when I see that. <laughs> see I was like, his, well, uh, wait a minute. Picture there. <laughs> we got Farag. The president the Discord? No, we don't. Uh, but yes. That's awesome. Uh, okay, I think it's time for our perfect picks. Brandon, you are in the seat first. Ah, okay. Uh, my pick is going to be, I'm a sports fan, so I'll just throw that out there. We talked about Alabama earlier, but I'm watching the NBA playoffs. Uh, he's still throwing the thumbs down. I see it. Uh, yeah, I'm watching the NBA playoffs, so that's my pick. Go to NBA.com or ESPN or whichever year. Uh, if, if you're watching NBA basketball these days, keep following the, the playoffs and, and send me a message on Twitter or somewhere during the game because you'll probably see me tweeting about it anyway, so. That's my pick is uh, NBA playoffs are on. There's been some hot, uh, hot games. That Boston series has been mm -hmm. great. Yes. I'm, I, I'm saying I'm hoping one. Um, I think the buck, I'm going to throw a hot take. I think the bucks are going to win in six, uh, but That's I hope fair. it goes seven just so we get the full, get the full series. Cause they, both teams are, I hope, I hope Middleton comes back. I don't think he's going to come back this series, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a big difference like with him out for sure. Mm -hmm. I think a, a interesting thing that I'm noticing, and it's always true for Boston, but home court advantage is back, like fully. Yeah. The bubble and all that kind of like ruined things a little bit. <laughs> the it's, bubble it's awesome. was the the bubble was the the equalizer, and now everybody the they're like I say home court advantage is back, and the crowds are back, which is nice. So looking yeah, forward to it for sure. Cool, uh, Brittany, your picks up next. Yeah. I picked The Great. We just started watching this show, and it is literally great. <laughs> bad puns out of the way. It's about Catherine the Great, and it is based in Russia, obviously, but it is just really, really good along the lines of maybe The Crown, Bridgerton, just some, like, comedy in there, romance, politics. It's good. <laughs> you know me. I always throw out it's TVMA, folks, just FYI. Ah, okay. Very TV. <laughs> <laughs> I just scrolled down and noticed I probably shouldn't. So. Yeah, probably should not do that. <laughs> no, if it's, um, if, it's if, if it's like uh, Game of Thrones, definitely uh, TV TVMA. I don't, it's I not quite it that bad, but there's okay. a lot of language. <laughs> okay, well that's that's decent at least. Brittany's Brittany's throwing me a loop here. She uh, picked a different. I did. Topic. You can go to that one, and I'll talk about it. But I, I picked a different pick. Probably gonna and play changed on it you. out on the fly on him. It may autoplay. Yes, YouTube and the autoplay. Yes, Brady uh, Fractal in the Svelte Discord does the music, and it's really good. So we just had Svelte Summit Spring last Saturday, mm -hmm. and it, the production value of some of the talks just went up by like a thousand percent. It was so good. And you should go back and watch it if you haven't, especially if you're looking to get into spelt. There's some beginner talks, some more advanced topics that I need to sit back down and look at because <laughs> I had no brain power for it on Saturday, but mm -hmm. they were did, they were really good. Did you happen to speak at Spelt Summit? <laughs> I did happen to speak. It was just a lightning talk. I just announced that I joined Netlify as a developer experience engineer. I'm very excited to be transitioning and at Netlify now. And Congrats. that was my talk. Thank you. We waited till the end. I should have probably done it in the beginning. Brittany's at <laughs> Netlify. Yay! <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> cool. 
Um, my first pick is Moon Knight. Just finished last night. It was unbelievable. Um, at first, I, I didn't read the books, so I was a little behind on the whole story. Mm-hmm. This is a mind trip of a show. And like after last night, I had to go research some things and found out more. And like, wow, <laughs> like it's it's a really cool series. And I can't wait to uh, mm-hmm. see the rest of it. And um, how I many think... how many episodes? Is it's it? only like six. Yeah, I think six. it was six okay. total. Trying to see if I can, if it's something I can blaze through. Yeah, <laughs> it you is. Short on time these days. Like it's, I, it's a lot. <laughs> I didn't know it was a book, so maybe I should read the book before I criticize it. But I felt like part of it was just very over the top. Like the part where he's in his mind and like in the other world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. secret. I'm, I'm not trying to give spoilers. I'm just saying <laughs> that part of it was very, like a whole episode was a little much. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a couple and the ending there. was really. Did you watch post credit? I just want to make sure. No, I didn't. Did oh, I miss like, something? Uh-oh. There's the end, then there's the credits, and then there's the. Oh, this movie. is a Marvel thing. I should have known that. Uh, yeah. Of course, yeah. they, always, they they always do that. You gotta. They try yes, to keep, they do. Until the very end, drop. So that's that's what blew my mind. There. Definitely check out that part. Okay, no more spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> So I've been tweeting about this one like crazy. I am attempting. I, I My course uh, like timing has gotten worse and worse because I'm doing so much at Builder right now. But for SV, I call it SVG Gator, which is incorrect. It's like SV Gator or Jader, I think is how they pronounce it. <laughs> oh, no. I thought it was Gator. I, I don't SV think it is. Gator. I keep hearing SV Jader on their YouTubes. But anyways. So I'm kind of into this mode of, even though I love development, don't get me wrong, I'm into this whole like no code solution of things because of working mm-hmm. at Builder, even though there's a lot of coding involved in it. <laughs> what you can do is animate SVGs. And so like I dropped in, I thought I had my link up here, but let me uh, let me show you real quick after I show you SVG. Um, so what you can do is drop all kinds of SVGs in here and you can actually animate them just by like keyframes and everything else like you normally would do. What comes out of it, and the part that I'm blown away with, you can just do this to raw like CSS animation. And so it's just, boom, you're in. There's no JavaScript overhead or anything. Or you can use the JavaScript version of it, and you can play, stop, restart. So like on hover, you can deal with, and all of that fun stuff, which you can do with CSS too. Really um, awesome. So I this, uh, this weekend, I kind of started to mess around and finally finished up. I think this will do it. So now on my, hey. my GitHub profile, I got AJ kind of doing a flip here and like shrinking. And all those links work? No. Oh, I was like, <laughs> how did you get those links to work? I, I probably could actually, um, but this whole thing's just an SVG. If you click it, it goes out to my Alex Patterson page. Yeah, so, and yeah. Markdown doing that doesn't seem like. Markdown like it takes would work. all the, the HTML you want, though, which is. That's mm-hmm. that's the cool part, right? <laughs> yeah, true. I was I was blown away by it. It was it was pretty pretty cool product. Um, I'm still trying to figure out. I think what I'll end up doing. So the course breakdown right now is uh, all about SVGs because I'm learning new things that I thought I already knew but didn't. 
Um, and then we're going to do the kind of breakdown SVG Gator is going to be our SVG Gator. Uh, uh, that will be oh, kind please, of our, our first. Please tell us which one it actually is. <laughs> I'm going to call it Gator because it's cool. It's going to be the Veet Vite fight over again. Yeah, there you go. I think if you're English, it's Jader. But uh, um, I, after, <laughs> after we get that one done, though, I want to jump right into like Green Sock and go full-blown programming on SVGs because... Uh, if you guys didn't catch it, I've got to bring this up because yesterday um, was May the Force be with you. May the Fourth be with you. Mm -hmm. um, let me see if I can find it quick. I thought I pinned it. I gotta go. I gotta go to Jay's page. So Jay created this lightsaber, and it is freaking my mind. Jay's ridiculous. Jay is ridiculous. And I sat down with him. Alex didn't get to be there, but if, if you haven't seen Jay's work, CodePen, he's now DevRel at Google. Oh, he's ridiculous. Yes, yes. Why can't I find it? Well, I'll put a link to it. It's really sweet. Like you can actually drag and like when you open the lightsaber, it plays uh, the lightsaber oh, wow. sounds and everything. So unbelievable yeah. work. Check out Jay's stuff. I seem to remember uh, Kevin Kevin Powell. I know who was also really good at CSS. I remember. I can't remember if he did a video about or if he did a video about trying to create a lightsaber effect or not or something like that. Mm. But um, I seem to remember recall that from somewhere. Oh, I found it. I found it. This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's like I have to. Is... I have to show this to the people. It's amazing. So here's the code pen. If I move some of this code up, by the way. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah, and look. Oh, oh my god! Wow. <laughs> and it's got the sound effects and everything. That's ridiculous. Isn't that bananas? CSS wizards, yes. I tell you. Yeah. They so, are. so he's got the GSAP side to this floating. So there's a little bit of uh, JavaScript kind of coming into play, but mm -hmm. the actual the thing that blew me away, I was like, I think I can do all this um, in SVG Gator. But the thing that blew me away on is they have this, like, if you watch the top of it, there's actual, like, motion to it. It might be hard to see, but that's incredible when I started, like, thinking about how you have to do that. So, anyways, nice work, Jay. We'll, we'll probably have to have Jay on just to talk about his lightsaber. There you go. I'm sure he right, will gladly talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. And I'm you're still doing it in the background. <laughs> Brandon, thanks so much for coming on and talk to us about app rights. And uh, we'll we'll have to have you back on once you uh, announce this cloud thing soon. Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll be I'll be glad when it's out. So we'll have so people can have an easy less easier and even easier way to uh, to get on board it. So definitely yeah. looking forward to it. Absolutely. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks, thanks. everybody. Okay. Later.